One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Quality Feeds. Trusted by generations of farmers. Dairy Gold Quality Feeds. Putting your animal nutrition needs first. Welcome to our programme. I'm John O'Connor. Coming up, compulsory purchase orders, damage limitation for property owners, Clonakilty Agricultural College Open Day, Local Enterprise Board, Cork South, supports new product, and the AgTech Convention. Our top story... Kevin Kinsler, IFA Livestock Director, and the immediate outlook for the sector. Thank you, John, and thank you for having me on the Dairy Gold programme again. Um, The first thing on the cattle price side, on the beef price side, it's been very difficult for a number of weeks, indeed a number of months now. We've been stuck at base prices of 375 on steers and 385 a kilo on heifers. That's a real difficult loss-making situation for this time of the year for our winter finishers, who obviously have higher costs when they come into the winter months and feeding indoors and that type of thing. So um, we see, I suppose a couple of things have contributed to that. Brexit uncertainty, uh, an oversupply in the market situation and a difficult market. Um, hopefully some of those things are beginning to lift now. There's more clarity on Brexit approaching and hopefully that will clarify itself over the next number of weeks. Two other things are, that are positive are happening. The first significant thing that's happening from a positive perspective is that sterling is moving in the right direction. And it's moved from 89 pence down to 86 pence. That's worth an additional 14 to 15 cents per kilo on the return beef price back to the processors. And we're very strong in the IFA this week, calling on the factories that they now have major scope to return that type of a cattle price increase back to farmers on the ground. And we want to see that happening. The second thing that's happening is that numbers are finally beginning to turn a little bit and tighten a bit. And the last uh, weekly kill that we have reported on, when um, when we break it down, we're looking at a weekly kill of somewhere about 36,000 head. And that is showing that the steer kill is back about 500,000 head on the previous week. And the young bull kill is also back to the same magnitude. So this is pointing that cattle are getting a bit scarcer. We've heard of some factories looking for cattle this week as opposed to farmers trying to get them killed. We've heard of some factories where they've increased the base price to try and get stock on heifers up to 3.90 cent per kilo. So there's some light at the end of the tunnel that it's turning. You'd expect at this time of the year that numbers would begin to tighten. Once you get to week uh, eight or week nine, numbers will definitely tighten and it should get a more positive situation going forward. So we'd be positive on cattle prices coming out of a very difficult situation, and hopefully we'll see them rising in the next number of weeks. And there's certainly potential in the marketplace there for factories to rise them. And there is, of course, deep concern about the prices being paid for calves, for bull calves, of course. 
calves are a very difficult situation at the moment. We're in the peak calving season there now. Um, the maximum number of calves going into the marts from the, the dairy farmers uh, in these number of weeks. There's a difficulty on our live exports. There's a log jam there. Our president, uh, Joe Healy, met with Minister Creed yesterday to see can we try and uh, relieve that log jam. And the minister certainly put a number of options to the minister yesterday uh, to try and, and, and ease the situation. Uh, that included looking at trying to get our ferries to sail on alternative dates there. We have two ferries sailing there now, Stena and Irish Ferries. They're sailing on the same days, and that's limiting our opportunity. We want to try and get them sailing on alternative days to maximize the capacity. The second proposal we put to the minister was uh, to look at utilizing a dedicated livestock vessel like the ones that sail out of Waterford or Cork there in the past to the larger markets like Libya and Turkey and those. Looking at those uh, and seeing would they ease the situation for us. The third proposal that we put to the minister was uh, seeing could we uh, start reusing some layerage facilities that were used in France last year. They have been uh, taken out of use this year. Uh, we're unhappy with that. Uh, our national dairy chairman and our national livestock chairman, Angus Woods, visited France recently, went over to Cherbourg to look and see what was available in that regard. It's very clear that there are layerages there that could be utilised and we want to see uh, the minister getting those back into commission to increase the capacity at this stage. And the final proposal we put to the minister to try and ease the pressure on this situation was to look at temporary layerage facilities in some of the existing layerages in, in and around the Cherbourg region. And we believe that they're a possibility that must be uh, looked at at this time. We have a situation where we're exporting about 10,000 calves a week at the moment. Uh, we have markets, we have ferry capacity, and we have potential to export double that, about 20,000 a week. And there's blockages in the system there, and I think our president put it very, very strong to the minister yesterday that he has to get those roadblocks out of the system that would enable us to maximise the exports that are there. Have you any update on reports that there are moves to brand Irish beef and perhaps a circular beef branded as generic Irish beef, uh, top quality beef in the same way as we seem to have been able to successfully brand Irish whiskey, for example, or other products. Yes, indeed, and there's a great opportunity here. Um, two aspects I'd say to it is we have put proposals to Board BIA to look at specifically trying to uh, niche brand uh, beef from the suckler area. Uh, they're looking at that. They're looking at pilot project in that in a number of European markets there now where we would try and uh, get a premium price back for superior quality premium uh, suckler beef. So the, uh, Board BIA are looking at doing that. Uh, in the broader context, and that's a very positive development, in the broader context then of Irish beef as a whole, uh, we've, we've looked at proposals and we've discussed proposals on the concept and the idea of getting a GI status or geographical indication status for Irish beef. And no later than uh, today, we had a meeting with the EU Commission in this regard, and we believe that there's a very good case to be made for Ireland making a submission to the EU Commission to get GI status for um, Irish beef in the whole. Uh, we've looked at the credentials around Irish beef, the superior quality, the grass-based quality that we have, using those credentials through the likes of the Board B Equality Assurance Scheme, we believe that we can build a very strong case for getting GI status for Irish beef. That would both 
lift us to a higher level in the market and it would also protect us in terms of uh, the Irish beef brand and the Irish beef credentials and the quality that they have. It would be a bit like marketing Irish beef on a superior level like, uh, say, Irish whiskies or uh, other products that have GI status there. And uh, certainly that has lifted them in the marketplace. So we're looking at making a proposal in that regard and believe that that can be progressed. An article, 2nd of March edition, Irish Farmers Journal, hopes new suckler beef brand can boost the prices. And I understand there are hopes through a research company to concept test this proposal we've been discussing and then launch a campaign if it would appear viable in 2019 in Germany, Italy, Belgium and Switzerland. That depends on how the research company would concept test that proposal. But Against the background of the looming threat, it was always there, but it's becoming even now accelerated, Marcuse beef, it wouldn't be a minute too soon for Ireland to establish itself as the home of grass-fed, outdoor-reared cattle and reared with their dams for at least six months. And we have a very important welfare animal issue there. That's one of the main arguments um, against the dairy sector being that the calves would be taken from their mothers too early. Well, we have loads of positive on Irish beef and I suppose it's important that we recognise that uh, what the Borbia uh, proposal is trying to do there is see can we get a superior price and a superior premium around the suckler concept. What we're doing with the GI GI concept is slightly different. That would be for all beef and I suppose it's important to point out that from a quality perspective in terms of, of, of suckler beef or dairy beef, it's not a battle between the two them both of them are very good quality what the credentials that uh, we can bring to irish beef around the gi is the grass-based production systems the superior eating quality of the product so that applies to all beef both suckler beef and dairy bread beef in an irish context and it's important that we we recognize that that the you know, Irish beef, uh, in in its broadest terms, has a superior uh, quality that we can bring to it in the context of a geographical indication. So that would mean that if you have Irish beef on the supermarket shelf in Germany or in France and it has a GI indication on it, the consumer will look at that and he'll say, well, it only got that GI indication from the EU Commission because it's grass-based and it's superior quality. And that would apply to both suckler beef and dairy beef in in the the concept and the idea that we discussed no later than today with the EU Commission. How near are we, Kevin, to finding out what exactly the ultimate European Union support would be if we encountered log jams or problems using the UK land bridge to gain access to our wider global markets? You know, that land bridge, slight delays, even a tiny delay per lorry would add up to potentially a doomsday situation. Well, and the IFA have made a very strong case uh, at both national and European level for a Brexit emergency support package around the beef sector. And we've put a comprehensive uh, package of support measures uh, uh, in place in terms of, of putting proposals to both the department and to the EU Commission. Uh, we've met senior department officials on this and explained uh, exactly what's required here. Uh, we've met Commissioner Hogan on this. We've met the EU Commission officials on this in Brussels, and we've gone through it in great detail detail. What the Commissioner are saying to us is, look, at they have the methods and means and mechanisms uh, there if uh, they need to be uh, deployed. We're saying very clearly, 
beef farmers have already been hit with Brexit losses. These need to be deployed. The Commission are saying to us, well, we need the political instruction in this regard. And that's why we've uh, put it so strongly to Minister Creed that he needs to call this at this stage now. I'm not saying that uh, we're going to wait out until after the 31st of March. We would like to see this put in place now so that we have surety and certainty around this situation. And we also have some level of compensation for the beef producers and typically the young bull producers that have already incurred losses in this area. And we've outlined to both the department and the commission how this can be done under the emergency market disturbance measures that are already there in place in the regulation and how they can be drawn down. In terms of the limitations on them, uh, under the what's known as the de minimis rules, uh, they have been increased, which would allow up to €8,000 per farmer per year to be paid there in terms of direct aid support. But, of course, market support wouldn't come underneath that. So, uh, you know, there could be a lot of support available for here. But it's very clear, John, there has to be a very strong political will and political push to go after this and secure it. Uh, both from our government and also at European level with our Commissioner, Commissioner Hogan. Thank you, Kevin. Mr Kevin Kinsler, IFA Livestock Director. Thanks very much indeed, Kevin. Thank you, John. The AgTech Convention at Fota Island Resort on the 6th of March 2019 is being run by Cork County Council's Local Enterprise Office, Cork South, and that body is also supporting the product Dairy Geezer. Sil Lister spoke to the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme about his product, Dairy Geezer, how it could help farmers and the great support offered by Cork County Council's local enterprise office in getting the product off the ground. First of all, the name of our product is Dairy Geezer. It is a, an instant water heater for the dairy industry. Number one, um, traditional heating systems in the dairy have been electrical. The, our machine can cut the costs of heating in the dairy by up to 75%, depending on how the farmer is heating his water already, whether it's daytime, nighttime, but up to 75%. Also, he can uh, cut back on his detergents when you change from a cold wash to a hot wash. And also, even within the, the uh, hot washes, because you have the constant temperature from start to finish, you can cut back somewhat on your detergents. Um, that is the first way. The second way then is indirect. The farmer produces milk, his milk. When it comes from the cow, it has to be got to the processor in as good a condition as possible. Uh, that depends on two things. Number one, how fast he can cool it down to four degrees. And number two, the cleanliness of his equipment. Now, um, the, the, this machine we have uh, works in a number of ways. It use, it's on-demand water. It's, it's used for automatic bulk cleaning, cleaning, tank cleaning and sterilisation. It's used for milk cl machine cleaning and sterilisation. It can be used for feeding calves and it can be used for power washing at high temperatures as well. So there should be no reason why the milk that's produced by the cow doesn't come to the processor in a proper uh, uh, manner. And also that ensures that there is no deduction whatsoever from the milk check because if there is any deterioration in the quality, uh, it'll show up in various tests, including TBCs and thermodurics. These will be deducted, and as we go on, more serious deductions are taking place for these. There is one other issue, which is probably one of the biggest issues facing the dairy industry at the moment, and that is 
chlorine residues are showing up because of the overuse of chlorine over the years. Chlorine residues are now showing up in some of the finished product, particularly butter. From here on, uh, and particularly next year, chlorine will be barred completely from the cleaning regime. If that happens, it, there is a distinct possibility of a deterioration in quality unless plenty of plenty of hot water at the at a high temperature is used, and this is where this machine is uh, will stand out. It will give what you need when there's no chlorine available to do the same job. I understand the dairy geyser is not powered by electricity. Uh, there is no um, cost of electricity. This is run on diesel or kerosene. So um, when you use this, there is no electricity costing at all. Um, Chagas figures w- will tell us that um, to heat 100 litres of water with daytime electricity is €2. Euros. Half day and half night is one fifty uh, for the same 100 litres. And our machine run on diesel instantaneously with no storage costs, that will be about 50 cents for the same 100 litres. So, so it's basically diesel you're paying for and you're getting rid of your electricity cost. Would listeners have an opportunity to see this machine in operation, the Dairy Geezer? Are you holding any special exhibition or event or is there any upcoming event where your machine can be seen in operation by farmers? We, we have um, demonstrations with a lot of the co-ops going on at the moment. Um, if you contact with your, your local co-op, they will probably be able to tell you when there is one coming up. Alternatively, we have a base in Kilkenny and in Cork, in Coven Cork. And uh, machines are available there uh, um, all, all during the day if you want to see a, a demonstration or if you just want to have a look at it and have a chat about the advantages or, or, or whatever. Now, are you taking part in any exhibition or event in Cork in the near future? Yes, um, we are taking part. Uh, we are taking part in a uh, an ag tech convention in Photo Island, uh, our in Photo Hotel, um, on the sixth of March at nine o'clock. It is basically an ag tech convention, uh, and it promises to bring the cream of the crop from the agricultural technology sector to the, into the limelight. It's been hosted in conjunction with Local Enterprise Week 2019, a free event which, plays, which, 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 as I said, takes place on the Fort Island Resort. It is organised by the Cork County Council Local Enterprise Office, South Cork, who were very instrumental in helping us to uh, go from the innovation stage to where we are now, which is full commercial uh, production. You might give us more details about the contribution of the local enterprise people to the success of your product so far. Had you been making any product or this product before you got uh, support from the local enterprise board? Well, well, the local, as I said, the local enterprise board in question is Cork County Council's local enterprise office, South Cork. We initially um, came up with an idea uh, for the machine because we could see what was happening in the industry. Um, We got to to probably the prototype stage and then we knew we had a serious product. We approached Cork Enterprise and they were more than willing to help us. Um, They have various stages where you can get involved with them. Um, We we probably could have got involved maybe sooner, but um, the, the initial phase we started with was mentoring. And that was very, very instrumental in in our product development because our first mentor was an engineer who gave us the confidence to go forward with what we had was a a kind of a seed idea at the moment. Uh, He had been there, done it all, and he was instrumental in bringing us forward. 
when we were happy at that stage that we had the uh, product, um, uh, uh, the prototype developed, we then approached uh, the Cork Leo and we got a financial um, mentor. He then put, put the business plan together. I don't think we probably could have done it without this man um, putting the, the uh, business idea together for us. So at the initial phase, it was the mentoring that seriously helped us out. They, they also have a lot of different phases where you can get on the grant system. Um, I, would, I would reckon that you should actually get the mentoring first and then work on the grant. But the grant phase came when we went for a priming grant and we got a priming grant for, um, uh, for, 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 for labour, we got it for marketing and we got it for equipment. And that was instrumental in getting us up and running and pr producing. Um, subsequently, um, there is, there is, there, they run a lot of different workshops. If you say, for instance, you, 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 you're not great on your social media and they will, they will have workshops in every facet of the business that you want. They're there to help you and it's only a matter of you seeking help. Now, have you any names or contacts in the local enterprise board? I think you refer to someone to an LEO. What does LEO stand for? Local Enterprise Office. And my two contacts uh, were Sean O'Sullivan in, in, in South Cork and Joe Burke. They were my two main uh, the people there uh, uh, who helped me out and whatever I needed at any particular point. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Point in time, they made it available to me. How can people uh, find out more about your yeah, products? Well, we, we have two phone. Uh, my, my personal phone number is uh, Celeste, is 087 236 2397. Uh, and Martin Deedy, who was the innovator and the technical person, he is 086 382 3523. Our email address is infodairygeezer at gmail.com and web www.dairygeezer.ie. We can be got on any of them uh, numbers. Details of the venue and date for the Cork AgTech Convention. Yes, the Cork AgTech Convention is on the 6th of March at 9 o'clock 
in Fort Island. Speaking to Mr. Sil Lester of the Dairy Geezer uh, product. My number is 87 I'll just give you a second number. It's the office number. It's the sales office number. 056-776-2663. The second number is our technical uh, uh, person in Cork, in Cove, is Martin Deedy, 086-382-3523, or an office number, 021-481-4510. And... Uh, we have a sales office in Kilkenny and we got the the Innovative Business of the Year Award this year in Kilkenny as well. The name of it is Dairy Geezer. Its, its main function is it produces large quantities of hot water at high temperatures continuously and instantaneously uh, for the, uh, the uh, hygiene needs of the modern dairy. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Sil Lester, Dairy Geezer Company. Thank you very much, Sil. Thanks a million. Thank you very much. We are joined on the Dairy Gold uh, Farm Talk programme by Mr. Richard White, PRO for the Cork West Ploughing Association. Richard, results from the Bandon match and the last match of the season. Uh, thank you, John. Um, Bandon Ploughing Association held their 75th annual match on Sunday last, uh, February the 24th, at Kilbeg Bandon and... Uh, it was the county playing final, the final match of the season, and it was held in the lands of Norman and N. Tanner by their kind permission. And uh, it was an excellent day out. Uh, the day was a little bit foggy, but uh, no rain. And I suppose we have to thank the men above for the great season we've had. We've had eight matches without a break, and I suppose it's, it doesn't happen too often, and it certainly hasn't happened for a good number of years. So everybody was very pleased, and I suppose there, there were a lot of... Um, uh, competitions where there were still places up for grabs in the All Ireland finals in Carlow, and uh, that made for a very exciting match. So um, the results of the match are as follows: uh, uh, Senior Tractor first, John Murphy; second, Jim Grace; third, Kieran Coakley; fourth, Jackie O'Driscoll; and fifth, Dennis McCarthy. The under 28 uh, first place, George Kirby, and second, Aidan O'Donovan. In the under-21 class, uh, first was James O'Sullivan, and second, Eno Farrell, and third was Andrew O'Donovan. Uh, the intermediate class, first was Stanley Dean, second, Johnny O'Donovan, and third, Dennis Murphy. In the ladies' class, first was Ellen Nahin, and second was Rachel O'Driscoll. The 3-4 class, in first place, was Matt Coakley, and second was John Cohan. In the market class, first was David Welsh, Second was Niall O'Driscoll, third Keane Harrington, and fourth Dennis Cooper. The senior reversible in first place was Liam O'Driscoll, second George Coakley, and third Michael Witcherley. The under-28 reversible went in first place with Conor O'Farrell, and second uh, Florence Witcherley. The three for reversible uh, first was Padraig Welsh, second Timothy Lawler, and third Joey Creedon. The hydraulic vintage in first place was Dennis Cummins, second Michael Ryan, third John O'Neill, and fourth Leslie Wolfe. The confined hydraulic vintage in first place was James Cohan, second was Pascal Cochran, and third was Ita Wiesema. And the single for in first place was Trevor Fleming, and second was Gordon Jennings. And the horse class first was Coleman Cogan, second Timothy Lawler, uh, third, John O'Donovan, 
and fourth Shane McCarthy. So that completes the results of the Bandon match and I'd like to thank the Bandon Club and I suppose their chairman, Barry O'Sullivan, and their secretary, Michael Welsh, for the very well-organised event and for which was gave a, a very fitting finale to the season. And I suppose it has been a great season uh, from the first match at McCroom when there were 40, 52 competing uh, to the last match at Bandon where there were 48 competing. And um, throughout the season, the, the number competing has never fallen below 40. So I'd like to thank the Cockwest Plowmen for all their support during the year to the matches. And I'd also like to thank the plowmen from Cork East, many of whom attended the matches uh, coming and competed, travelling long distances to do so. So finally, I'd like to thank you, John, uh, for your excellent help with uh, publicising the events and getting the results out on the radio and uh, also helping with the entries. And I'd like to thank all the staff at 103FM for their help. You are very welcome, Richard, and thank you for your reports, your regular reports, uh, always on time, always on the dot, with full results and details of forthcoming matches and arrangements. And at C103, we are always glad to cooperate with the Cork West Ploughing Association, or indeed any of the ploughing associations. Thank you, Richard, and we look forward to the new season starting off, and we'll have more reports from you. Thank you, Richard. Thank you very much, Chan. You're very welcome. Mr Richard White, PRO Cork West Ploughing Association. Mark Renaferma, election 2019, details finalised. The rural youth bodies biannual national elections are taking place in April this year. Mark Renaferma has announced its dates and venues for its hustings as the rural youth body seeks to elect three vice presidents for Munster, Leinster and the North West plus a national president for 2019 to 2021 inclusive. The Munster hustings will take place on Monday, 25th of March, at Vienna Woods Hotel, Glanmire, just outside Cork City. The closing date for receipt of nomination papers is March 6th, 5pm. The date for the issuing of ballot papers and election day 2019 are as follows. Issue of ballot papers, March 20th, 2019. Close of receipt of ballot papers, April 10th, 2019, at 1pm. Election date, April 10th, 2019. Minister of State at the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Andrew Doyle TD, has confirmed on 28th of February that over €4 million Euro has been paid out to the fruit and vegetable sector under the annual scheme for producer organisations. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Michael Creed, on 28th of February, welcomed the approval by Fortia Ireland of €1.9 million Euro in grant assistance to the Irish National Stud INS for its Irish Racehorse Experience IRE project. On Friday, 15th of March, the Irish Farmers Journal and professional services firm Grant Thornton are holding an industry conference entitled Navigating Global Trade. It'll take place at the RDS in Dublin from 8am to 1pm. The conference will discuss the future of CAP, the Common Agricultural Policy, global trade talks and the ongoing Brexit negotiations, taking place just a fortnight before the planned date for the UK to leave the European Union. European Commissioner for Agriculture, Phil Hogan, will be the keynote speaker. Other speakers on the day, on the 15th of March, Friday, will include Peter Legg, partner with Grant Thornton, John Clark, Director with Responsibility for Trade in DG Agri, David Taylor, New Zealand Ambassador to the European Union, 
economist Colin McCarthy, Joe Healy, IFA president, and Anne Randalls of Ornua. The conference is a citizens' dialogue event supported by the European Commission. The conference is free to attend with limited spaces. Delegates must register at the following www.farmersjournal.ie forward stroke NGT or call 0141 That's 0141 And that's the Navigating Global Trade Conference taking place Friday 15th of March 2019 at the RTS in Dublin from 8am to 1pm. The Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine on 1st of March issued a strong warning to farmers and their advisors in relation to agricultural and eligible forestry land which is burnt illegally during the closed season from 1st of March to 31st of August inclusive. Farmers were reminded that if they burned land after the 1st of March, they risked prosecution and such land would not be eligible for payment under the BPS scheme, Basic Payment Scheme and other area-based schemes. Inclusion of illegally burnt land in the 2019 Basic Payment Scheme application may result in reduced payments and penalties under this scheme and the other area-based schemes, for example, the ANC's Areas of Natural Constraint Scheme. Illegal burning can also render the land of your neighbours ineligible for payment. Where it's identified that lands were burnt during the closed season after 1st of March, this may result in such land being inspected by department officials. Clonakilty Agricultural College will hold its open day on Friday 8th of March 2019 from 11am to 1pm. More information from www.chagask.ie forward slash in the midweek edition of the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, this coming Wednesday evening, 6th of March, we speak in great detail to Mr Keith Kennedy, College Principal, Clonakilty Agricultural College, County Cork, regarding the courses offered by Clonakilty Agricultural College. IFA Inputs Project Team Leader John Cochran has called on the feed mills to pass through immediately the fall in feed ingredient raw material prices to livestock farmers. The arrival of a compulsory purchase order, CPO, is one of the most stressful events a family is likely to experience in its lifetime. And the lack of information often on how the process works only adds to the concerns of those affected. Mr Richard Collins, Dick Collins, Managing Director of FBA, Farm Business Advisors, a consultant in Fermoy, is currently writing a series of articles for the Farming Supplement with the Independent, which began on Tuesday, 26th of February 2019. Dick Collins is co-author with Noel O'Brien of A Practical Guide to Compulsory Purchase in Ireland, published in 2008. Dick, you've been involved in CPO negotiations all across the country for several years. What, in your experience, would be the greatest problems facing landowners with a threat of a CPO? From a practical point of view, there will be complete disruption to the farming programme for a period of three to five years on average. That's the main practical implications for a farmer. Then, of course, the long-term damage to the farm holding uh, and maybe even including the dwelling house and farmyard will be with the farmer forever. So there's there's temporary disturbance during the works, uh, which will be for a three- to five-year period, and then there's the long-term damage to the farm. 
when you are presented with this compulsory purchase order, the CPO, it can be quite a stressful um, bit of a shock, really, to the system if you have no hint it's coming. But we all know now with the Ireland 2040 programme, almost no part of the country is safe from potential CPOs as these vast new infrastructures, motorways, bridges are planned. But what will the first steps be for a landowner to take if he opens the post or is informed that a CPO is being made on his property or her property? The first thing and one of the most important things is the selection of his professional team of advisors that will help him to deal with the county council. That's the first step and and a very important step that he selects experienced professionals in terms of valuers, agronomists and solicitors. So that needs to be done at a very early stage to make sure that there is contact with the county council before the scheme is fully designed and the landowner can lay his problems or the problems that will arise from the CPO before the county council. It's often considered to be a fairly simple job, but indeed I can tell you from experience it is not. It requires experience and it requires knowledge of the entire process. In your article, the first of three in the Farming Independent, the first appeared in the Farming Independent on Tuesday, 26th of February 2019, you do say there that the County Council would have no interest really in being mean with their property owners, the focus of a CPO, but the same can't always be said for some of the agronomists or valuers. So people shouldn't feel that they are fighting the County Council, as it were. My long-time experience of county councils themselves is that they're not interested in, in disrupting a farm or, or being mean with compensation. But the problem often arises is that a valuer that will not be familiar with the local situation or, the, or will have very little knowledge of uh, farming will be appointed by the county council and that's the person that the farmers, agronomist and valuer, will have to deal with. And there can be a big difference between the attitude of the county council and the attitude of a valuer. And this often presents a problem. When we talk about compensation for your land, what would the landowner actually be compensated for? Well, he's compensated for a half a dozen items, really. Uh, the first is he's compensated for the land taken. If they acquire five acres from the farm, then he'll be compensated for five acres of land at market value, at whatever the going price of land is. And again, there generally isn't a problem with that. The problem arises then when you come to the other headings of claim, uh, and the next one that's important is severance. If you take five acres from a holding, then you're severing the farm. And it depends on the location of that five acres within the farm. Now, it could be very serious in that it could split the farm in two, and that will devalue the entire holding. There is also compensation for injurious affection to the retained holding. 
if the retained land is seriously damaged by noise, disruption generally, that injurious affection is a compensatable item. And then you have disturbance during the works. While the works are going on for a three- to five-year period, the farming operation will be totally disrupted. Again, it depends on the type of enterprises on the farm. But a dairy farmer, for example, could get a terrible messing around, and there's compensation for that. And then there's long-term disturbance to the farm. If the roadway goes through the center of a farm and in extreme situations where an underpass is not provided, the movement of livestock in particular around the farm for all time into the future will be disrupted. Now you're entitled to compensation. The farmer is entitled to compensation for that. So in summary, there are five main items for compensation. The land taken, sevens of the land, sevens of the holding, injurious affection to the holding, disturbance during the works, and the long-term disturbance. And then, of course, the farmer will incur costs in getting his uh, solicitor and his agronomist and valuer, uh, and he's entitled to have those costs paid. It is a job to get the maximum compensation and as well, of course, get accommodation works to mitigate the damage. It's a complicated exercise and experience is important. How could people contact you and arrange a professional uh, consultation or contact you regarding any aspect of CPOs? Well, the best number to get us at is at this office, which is 025 3 one two double four that's o two five three one two double four or my email address which is r a collins one word at f b a f for farm b for business a advisors at f b a dot e that's the email again is r a collins at f b a dot e your full-page feature on the Farming Finance page, Farming Independent, Tuesday, 26th of February, page 13 there. But I understand that's one of three articles. So people, if they like to get their hands on that Farming Finance page back from Tuesday, 26th, there will be two more articles, I believe. There will be at least two. There probably will be three or four. Thank you, Dick, very much Thanks, indeed. John. That was part of an interview with Mr Richard Collins, Dick Collins, Managing Director of FBA, Farm Business Advisors for Moy Consultants. The full interview with uh, Dick Collins is scheduled to be broadcast in the midweek edition of the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme shortly after 10pm on this coming Wednesday evening, 6th of March 2019. And that's our programme for this morning. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks to John Foot on Controls. And as always, a very special thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in. Have an enjoyable weekend. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Quality Feeds. Trusted by generations of farmers. Dairy Gold Quality Feeds. Putting your animal nutrition needs first. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.